Welcome to the Westminster Pulpit, an extension of the worship ministry at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Please contact us for permission before reproducing this message in any format, and may this sermon nurture your life in a meaningful way as we proclaim our Savior. We now join Executive Pastor Dr. Tucker York. Our great God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are the rock, the foundation upon which we stand. And you have given us surety and a foundation and the confidence to stand in this world to uphold the hope of Jesus Christ, the only Savior of sinners. You've given us the privilege to be your ambassadors, to be your witnesses, uh, to testify to the greatness and the glory and the power and the majesty of the Lord our God. We pray that tonight you would be worshipped and glorified as our young people testify to the great things you have done. And may you be pleased to receive our worship, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to welcome Aiden up to uh, introduce the Kingdom Builders team to give those reports. Thank you, Tucker. At this time, I'll have everyone stand up who is a part of Kingdom Builders. So all of these students, they will line up in front of you. And in a little bit, I'll introduce them all. Come on up, guys. You guys are good. No one's looking at you. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Aiden Hunt. I am or was one of the summer interns for the youth this summer. Um, you will get to hear more from me later on tonight about my work and how I grew. But right now I'm here to introduce you to Kingdom Builders. If you don't know what Kingdom Builders is, it is a trip that Westminster sends out each and every summer. And I'm glad, especially like Tucker said, including this summer. Um, of local activities and service for specifically our middle school and junior high students. I think boiled down, condensed quickly, the goal of Kingdom Builders is twofold. One being service, actually doing the work, actually blessing the people that we are called to serve. And secondly, I believe that the goal of Kingdom Builders is to help these students grow in their understanding of missions. So why do missions, what does missions actually look like, both at a local level and internationally? So during a couple days in the middle of July, these students came on a Wednesday morning, I believe, somewhere in there. We stayed over at the church for three nights, and surrounding those three nights, we had four days of service. And including in that service, we also heard from some of our supported missionaries here at Westminster. And I'll have two of our students here, you can see in your bulletin, Avina Allgaier and Lewis Rogers, speak about their specific experiences and how they grew. But before I do that, I wanted to introduce to you um, everyone here. Now, if you're looking at us all and you're like, what in the world do these guys have on their t-shirts? What we have here is written in kind of hard to read language, but intentionally that way. We have doer and hearer. So our theme this year from Kingdom Builders came from the first chapter of James. James said, um, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. So during those couple days of Kingdom Builders, we were doers of the word. Now our students know that our salvation and our justification comes from faith alone but as we know, that faith is never actually alone. 
So we got to live out our service and live out our faith and our salvation by serving these couple days. So before we hear from Lewis and Avina, I'll go down the line and try to list off everybody. So Lewis, Avina, my fellow intern, Jillian Rogers, you'll hear from her in a little bit. We have Liesl Rogers, Silas York, Theo Rogers, Corbin Walter, Liam Kiefer, Kennedy Scotton, Camille Roll, Elena Baral, Alana Walker, I believe that's Lily Baral behind her. We had two student leaders helping us during these couple days, two high schoolers. Lily was one of them. Michael Rogers was the other one. I don't think he's up here with us. Then we have the Helms twins, Lauren and Emily, and then Justice York at the end. I believe we had a total of 26 students with us during the trip. We don't have everyone here tonight, but without me talking too much anymore, I'll invite Lewis, or Avina, are you starting? Lewis will start for us. Here's Lewis Rogers. Good evening. My name is Lewis Rogers. I'm going into eighth grade, and I would like to tell you a little about my experience at Kingdom Builders this year. This year, Kingdom Builders was based on being doers of the word and not hearers. Each year, the leaders give us a verse to memorize. This year, the verse was James 1, 22 to 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We showed that by helping various people and places. One place we helped was called Helping Hands Children's Center. Helping Hands is a center where they help kids with disabilities who are challenged both physically and mentally. We helped pull weeds in their back playground area and front parking area. Another place we went to was called Blessings of Hope. Blessings of Hope is a distribution center where other companies can donate food so that it doesn't go to waste. We were there for a couple hours helping fill big bags with bread. After we had finished, one of the workers gave us a tour of the facility. He had said that he was grateful for our help and thanked us for taking the time in our days to come and work. That really made me feel good because even something as simple as bagging bread and putting them in boxes can make a huge difference in someone's life. Each day after we finished working, we, s we would sit down and have a speaker or one of the leaders talk. On the first day, Matt Collins spoke. One thing that stood out to me was that we serve others because we are made in God's image. We are all made in God's image, and one thing we are called to do is serve others instead of ourselves. I enjoyed showing what being doers of the word are through serving other people. Okay, my name is Avina Algar, and I'll be a seventh grader at Hemfield this school year. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I did during our Kingdom Motors Week. I started the week by helping at Align Life Ministries. Align is a pregnancy center who helps mothers who are considering abortion to make an informed choice. They're given free ultrasounds as well as free counseling sessions for parents. We helped pack diaper kits and just tried to help out any way we could around the building. I also went to Blessings of Hope. Blessings of Hope is a food pantry who provides free meals and groceries to those in need. We packed bread for a few hours in the afternoon and also got a tour to learn more about their mission. I also helped in teams who handed out flyers for VBS in the neighborhood surrounding Westminster, trying to teach children, to reach children who hadn't been to church to come to our vacation Bible school. It was honestly really fun and rewarding to see the joy of everyone we helped. I learned a lot about teamwork during the week, and I also learned a lot from the verse we memorized, which was James 1, 22-25, which he read. So, the verse really resonated with me and has stuck with me weeks after Kingdom Builders. I've really thought about how important this is, acting on our faith. 
not just saying we're Christians and then continuing our lives, but living as Christians and making God the center of everything we do. While we were blessings of hope, I was actually approached by a stranger who asked me about my shirt, and I was able to tell her about the verse and what it means, which was super cool for me. Just being able to share my faith, even in a small way like that, was what the trip was really about. Kingdom Builders was a great opportunity for me to grow my relationships within the youth group and with God, and it was a super rewarding trip. We can give Lewis and Avina a hand, because that's, <laughs> that's tough for them. So I hope you have a better understanding of what Kingdom Builders is. I'm sure all of our students here would love to talk to you afterwards if you have more questions for them. But this time, I'd like to invite the Easton trip, specifically Hannah Berry and Moses Katembo. Thanks, Aiden. Um, I'm Hannah Berry. I had the privilege of taking a um, group of teenagers to Easton, Pennsylvania this summer. Um, we went and served alongside Bridge Community Church um, there, and we support Dave Henry as one of our supported missionaries who is at Bridge Community Church serving um, with the Child Evangelism Fellowship. So that's kind of the background of that relationship and why we went. Normally, this trip is a week long, um, and we would go and run a camp called Kids in Motion for the kids of Easton um, City. Um, but due to COVID, it was shortened to just a one-day trip. Um, so we were still able to uh, do a lot of fun things and really uh, support the ministry that Dave and um, Tim Gorby are doing there. Um, but it definitely looked different this year than it has in years past. I don't know who all is here tonight from our team, but uh, it was myself, Moses, uh, Kieran McFall, uh, Justice York Liesel, I mean Justice Rogers, sorry, Justice. Uh, <laughs> um, Rowan Shea, Georgia Rodriguez, and um, Ryan Cascarella that went. We had a great time, and I'm going to let Moses tell you a little bit about his experience. <clears throat> Hello, guys. My name is Moses, and I'm going to talk about my experience of going to Easton. Uh, I'm going to talk about how what God taught, taught me about serving others. Going to Easton uh, first time, the first time last year was kind of weird because it was during COVID and like like COVID kind of like messed up everything. And like and they made it into like a one day trip, like she said. It's like it usually like it's usually like a week long camp. But uh, but with COVID, it just didn't happen. And then, uh, but that didn't matter. The kids, when the kids came, so all, that's when all the craziness began. And, like, in the morning, there was this kid that was just, like, crying because her mom left. And then I had to, I wanted to give her my apple juice, but she didn't, she didn't like it. I don't know why. And, um... Uh, we did we did like basketball, soccer, and then we, and some kids did like crafts and all that. But then after that, like the kids were so tired, like really tired because you know, it was I don't know we made them tired. That's what we we're supposed to do. <laughs> but they had fun. Um, I mean the goal was not was to like let them like have fun because some of them usually like are in like a hard place like their parents don't like probably work like 24 7 don't even see them don't even like see them so we gave them 
fun. And if we have the opportunity to, like, share the gospel, we do it. But usually we... I mean, for me, I didn't get the opportunity because I was having fun with them. But at the end of the day, um, kids left, and all the counselors, like us counselors, we all went to... This is this is from last year. We went to uh, this place called Easton Taco. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And after that, after we were done eating, we went to this park, and we talked to... And Tim... Uh, Tim the leader of the Easton thing uh, asked us about our day and what we thought was good and all that. And, yeah, what we thought, thought was good. And then, once we were done with that, we left home. We left to go home. And I started thinking about how crazy that was. And I was like, man, I want to do this again. And then I did it again. It was fun again. Um, but what God taught me was that to just serve people without grumbling and not complaining because, like, some of the kids were kind of annoying. But, like, I still had to serve them because it's what God wants me to do. I got to serve them and show them that they're loved. Thank you. Elsa Rogers and I have been serving as a music summer intern these past few months and tonight I want to give you all some insight into how I have been involved in the music ministry department and what the Lord has been teaching me through this internship. This summer started off strong with our three-day music camp with about 90 students grades 1 through 8 in attendance. Preparation for the camp kept us busy. It was a blessing to see so many people both young and students and adult volunteers come together to praise the Lord through music. I was able to help with things such as a workbook, class materials, and setting up the building. I was also able to be a part of the third and fourth grade class and spent the day with them in classes and activities. We saw a lot of kids grow in their love for music and Jesus was played through their praise through their playing and singing on Sunday morning. Another aspect of my summer has been participating in the services, such as tonight. I have loved regularly being able to sing in both the morning and evening services. It's a joy for me to do what I love in the context of a worship service. I have also enjoyed being part of the process of pulling together different musicians and rehearsing, all with a common goal of glorifying and praising the Lord. One of the biggest parts of my summer has been, in two different ways, passing on the knowledge of music and music materials to younger students and families. The first way I've been able to do that is through offering voice lessons to several girls in the church for a few weeks. We were able to work on praise songs, different singing techniques, and just talk about how to think through singing in a performance setting, but also in a praise and worship setting. The second way that I've been able to do this is through partnering with Frank this summer on a, hymn, on a Hymn of the Month program. This will soon be announced and available to all of you, but it is essentially a booklet of hymns, one for each month of the year, that we hope can be used by families and in Sunday schools and choirs. What I've been doing these past few weeks is pulling chosen hymns into a booklet and then compiling information and background on the hymns. We have also been recording each of these hymns to be available online for everyone to listen to and sing along with. This is an opportunity to help young people in the church learn these classic hymns. They have so much to teach on the character and nature of God, and I hope that this resource can help everyone to see hymns in a new light and learn even more from them. 
I know that I have learned a lot from the lyrics of these hymns through practicing them and reading the words over and over. It has helped me to reflect on both the lyrics and then also the heart of the authors who wrote them. I look forward to seeing how this project can become a part of family devotions and children's ministry. One of the biggest things I've been learning this summer is the heart behind music as a part of worship. In the music ministry department, we have been studying Rhythms of Grace by Pastor Mike Cosper. In his book, Cosper says, quote, We sing so that we can teach and admonish one another, resulting in the rich indwelling of God's word and God's people. We don't want to miss out on the opportunity to experience the richness of God's indwelling word, and we will if we treat song as something sentimental or optional. Viewing music as a way to encourage fellow believers has changed so much of my perspective. While excellence in music performance is still an aim of mine, and it is ultimately for others belie other believers to be encouraged and uplifted, and ultimately for all the glory to be given to Jesus. It has been such a joy to work towards that and be reminded of that this summer. I'm grateful for the opportunity I've had this summer to pursue both musical excellence and spiritual growth, and I look forward to more involvement in our music ministry department. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name is Mia Rogers and I had the opportunity this summer to be the VBS intern. Um, about three weeks ago, Vacation Bible School was about to begin in person after being unable to last summer. Breaking from the routine four-year cycle of themes, Mary Jo Rizzo and the children's ministry team created and wrote an all-new Lions and Fires and Prayers, oh my, to bring the story of Daniel to the children. While the curriculum was being written, skit videos were created and hundreds of kids signed up to attend. I was doing everything from painting a 10-foot mural to organizing supplies for teachers to praying daily for everyone involved and impacted by VBS. We had over 300 kids sign up and we were thrilled to be back in person with so many in attendance. Each day at VBS began in the lion's den with a news report from WPC1, a video skit from Evan and Ellie, songs of praise, and a royal edict or gospel lesson. <coughs> As the kids left to go to their Babylonian shops or classrooms, they watched a video about Daniel, participated in the Test of Faith contest, memorized a Bible verse, and discussed the gospel presentation. Throughout the morning, each class would hear from a storyteller story such as the King's Cook or Dr. Walker, play Daniel-themed games, and create a craft that represents some of the lessons and stories learned. The children were diligent to act on their best behavior to win the Golden Cup Award. They walked quietly in the hallways and paid attention to classroom teachers and helpers. But the church was filled with so much joy. The kids sang their hearts out, clapped and did the motions to songs, and got very competitive in the morning Jeopardy. But perhaps the best was the deafening drum rolls and screams when they heard the missions total, watched to see whether Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego would win the test of faith, and watched Pastor Collins award the tribe the Golden Cup. To say the children enjoyed VBS would be an understatement, and it was such a blessing to watch and participate in. This year's mission project went towards Child Evangelism Fellowship, specifically raising money for Bibles and devotionals delivered at their Good News Club. Kathleen Walter and Dave and Lisa Henry are missionaries our church supports who work with CEF. At the beginning of the week, our goal was $3,000. After reaching over half of that on the first day, we raised it to 4000 after, after the third day had passed, we were still in need of $1,200, and I thought for sure this would be the year we wouldn't quite reach our goal. But I was incredibly wrong. By the end of Thursday, we had reached $5,591. This was well beyond what we expected and are so grateful for the way the Lord provided through the families and children. This will allow CEF to buy a Bible and devotion for almost 400 kids. The Mission Project was just one of many examples of God's faithfulness through the summer and a week of VBS. A couple children accepted Jesus into their hearts, and many, many more were impacted. 
Every time the children's ministry team got together to pray, we had so much to be thankful for. From incredible people creating our 25-foot lion's den, to enough teachers and helpers volunteering, to 300 kids attending, even down to something as small as needing one more pack of stickers and finding exactly one pack of stickers left at the store. The Lord kept us in good health and provided his faithfulness time and time again. I was and still am in awe of what the Lord did through VBS. It was such a blessing to witness and be a part of. I learned much working with Mary Jo, Carol, and Willow, and learned from the children and the story of Daniel as well. Please join me in continuing to pray for each and every child impacted by lions and fires and prayers. And we look forward to seeing what the Lord will do next summer at VBS 2022. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, For those who don't know me, my name is Jillian Rogers. We obviously took over the church this summer, if you couldn't tell. Um, And I was one of the youth interns here this summer. So first of all, I just want to say I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to work here at church again this summer. Um, Getting to work at the church as an intern for two summers has been such a blast, and I really have enjoyed getting the opportunity to work with the various ministries that our church has. And like I said, um, this summer I had the opportunity to be one of the youth interns, and it has truly been such a fun and rewarding experience. So most of our job this summer consisted of planning the various youth events. So we had retreats, youth groups, Bible study, kingdom builders, and many more activities that Aiden and I were able to have a huge hand in organizing. And if I'm honest with you, getting to plan and then execute an event was actually much more fun than I had anticipated. Um, I think during the school year and being on the youth staff, I just got used to kind of showing up for an event and just helping where I could. But getting to have a say in how each event would go was really a good experience for me. I got to see how much planning really does need to go into making making these things like retreats happen, and I got to see the full fruit of it when the students were having a good time and learning together in the process. I remember loving the talks that we would do on the summer retreats when I was in youth group, um, but getting to be a leader now, you see it from a whole new perspective. Um, I was so encouraged to hear how God had been working in the students' lives throughout the school year and just hearing how they could practically apply what we were talking about to their lives. It really made me proud hearing what a lot of the students had to say, not just over the retreat, but over the entire summer. Um, We really do have some wise students here, and I learned a lot from you guys. Um, I think one of the biggest things I learned this summer was making Christ the center of who I am and the center of my identity. So this has been something I know God has been trying to teach me for a long time, um, but it has really just been a reoccurring theme this summer specifically. So before the summer even started, I knew this topic was something I wanted to talk about in my Bible study with the middle school girls. I wanted to take the time to really walk through identity with them as I was learning it myself. So I decided to go through the book Because He Loves Me by Elise Fitzpatrick. So we took a lot of time focusing on the gospel and how much it really has impacted our lives. And when I think about all the lessons we did, I was kind of kicking myself because I, it just seemed so repetitive and it sounded like I was saying the same thing every week. Um, and I felt kind of defeated because... Um, I didn't want the girls to be bored with what I was saying, and I'm sure maybe they were. But um, but as I was writing this report, I actually saw how much it made sense and how much um, God was trying to teach me through that repetitiveness. So, um, sorry, I talk so much about keeping the gospel at the forefront of our minds and knowing who our who our identity is in Christ. But I think I like missed the big picture. But so. 
what I learned is that if our identity is in Christ, we daily have to die to ourselves and follow him. So John 3.30 was a constant verse that um, God kept reminding me of. He must increase and I must decrease. So if our identity is in Christ, we are putting him above everything else and believing that what he says about us and what he has done for us is who we are. I think throughout the whole summer, God has been teaching me to allow him to have control, to give him my life and know that this is who I am, that I am his. And I hope that um, the middle school girls were able to see that, even though I wasn't able to fully explain it until now. (laughs) Um, To close, I really just want to say a huge thank you to Matt and Melissa. This summer has been such a blessing to me in so many different ways, but everything that I got to learn from you two, especially in our weekly meetings, is something I know I'll always remember. And finally, thank you to all the students. I loved getting to grow in my relationships with all of you, and I am praying for you all as you go back to school. And I can't wait for youth group to start in the fall. So thank you. Good evening, everyone. Uh, You heard from me a little bit earlier. I am not a Rogers, but I am still glad to be up here and serve as a youth intern as well this year. Um, Some of you might be having some weird flashback moments. Um, (laughs) Maybe not. Chances are you're not. But I I am having, as I was writing this and preparing this, I was having a couple flashback moments. Um, Since this is my second summer serving as a youth intern, I served last year as well. I can honestly say that it wasn't my intention to serve as a youth intern again this summer. But I am very glad that I did, and it is clear and evident to, the me, to me that the Lord has called me back here to serve in this way for this summer. So in these couple moments, I want to give you a rapid-fire look at what I did, how I grew, and what the future looks like for me. So Jill mentioned a little bit about what we did as youth interns this summer. Um, we have a lot of events in the summer for the youth. We pack in a lot of things. Weekly, that looks like Bible studies every Tuesday morning, youth groups every Wednesday nights, and then Jill and I, we're involved in different Sunday school classes, but we're also involved in seeing them on Sunday mornings. But in addition to those weekly events, we see all the junior high students for a retreat, and then all the senior high students for a retreat, and then we go on Kingdom Builders, which you heard about earlier, and all a bunch of various different other events and meetings one-on-one that we might have with students. So we do a lot. Um, With my guys specifically, I went through the book of 1 Timothy during Bible studies with them. Um, Even though Paul is writing to Timothy, we know Timothy was young, but Timothy's young was probably mid to late 20s. Our guys aren't quite that old. I'm not even near that old yet. But still, the truths that Paul tells Timothy in that book are still very meaningful and wise and applicable for us as young students growing in the Lord. So we ask questions that Paul addresses in that book, like, does God really desire everyone to come to him? What is prayer? What is the purpose of the church? Why does Paul consider money to be the root of all evil? What is it like to cherish Jesus above all things? And this morning, we even looked at why does Paul tell us that faith is like a fight? And I was encouraged as we we sang, afflicted saint to Christ draw near. The battle is fierce, but it's already won. So I was encouraged by that. 
So I'm glad that I got to continue growing these friendships and nurturing them that I got to start last year as well. These boys are a fun group of boys to be with. So if you don't know them, you can go ask them their favorite joke and they'll stare at you awkwardly and then probably laugh. But if you really get to know them, they are worth getting known. Um, second, so that is a quick overview of what I did. Second, how I grew. I'm glad that Westminster structures their internships to both be a pouring out and a pouring in. So as I worked, I was also trained and was strengthened. And as Jill mentioned, one of the most obvious ways and areas of growth that I saw and the source of that was from the weekly meetings that I had with Matt, Melissa, and Jill. We went through a couple leadership books, discussed our Bible studies, shared struggles with each other, and prayed for each other. I grew a lot through those many conversations, garnering wisdom from fellow leaders who had the same desire of leading these kids to Christ as I did. So I believe I grew a lot in my understanding of leadership and how that plays out in practical ways, both in Bible studies and also nurturing relationships one-on-one. -on -one. I'm really thankful for those hours that we had each week to do that. It's a little bit tougher to describe the ways that I've grown personally in my faith, partly because it seems like every week Jesus is striking me and convicting me in new ways. And there's so many ways that I've grown over the summer, it's hard to pinpoint specific areas of growth. But I can honestly say that Christ has wooed me to him, that I've fallen more in love with him, learned more what it means to value him above everything else, and what sacrificial service looks like on a daily basis, like Joe mentioned. And being here for a second summer has certainly strengthened all of this. I've grown deeper in many of my relationships with the guys, as I mentioned. I've gotten to see a lot more growth than a typical intern does during the summer. For many interns in previous years, and I know myself included last year, we are doing so much and in such a short time frame, even though summer is a long time. Um, we usually don't see the growth of these students that we have been pouring into for the entire summer. But I have gotten to see a glimpse of that more this summer, which I was grateful for. And then quickly, as I wrap up here, a look on what my future looks like. Um, this internship is geared specifically to those who are thinking about and possibly pursuing um, missions full time, or at least being in a church and serving for a long time in the future. Um, I'm not sure if that is what I'm called to, but I will say there was one night when all the youth group went over to Dutch Lanes, and some of the sixth graders that I bowled with can testify that on one of my games, I bowled four strikes in a row to start the game. And I believed at that point that the spirit was whispering to me, Aiden, missions, you can do that for now, but what I have for you is full-time professional bowling. Um, I will keep that as a plan B. I might shift that to plan A if things really go south for me, but um, I'll be entering my senior year at Covenant College and excited to see where the Lord leads me afterwards. I don't know what he has for me, but what I do know is that this summer here at Westminster was not simply a filler year. It just wasn't another way for me to spend my summer. The Lord wanted me here intentionally serving these students, and I'm grateful for the time that I had to do that. So even if you don't know who I am personally or don't know many of the students that walked up here, 
I thank you for your service and for your prayer and encouragement to this church and to this youth group. And I believe we'll have Tucker come up and continue on the service. Thank you. Thank you, interns. It's always great to hear from you, your experience this summer, not just what you do, but how God works through you and in you. And uh, it's always encouraging to see godly young people serving uh, the Lord in our church. I'm going to share briefly from Romans 10 tonight as we wrap up our time together. And Romans, we oftentimes think of as Paul's theological exposition of the gospel, but when you read through it, you find how missions-minded and evangelistic it is. And uh, we want to pick up in Romans 10, reading verses 13 through 17. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has, what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Father, we would ask your blessing upon our hearing of the word, that indeed we might become doers of the word. To the praise and honor of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Like some of these interns, I too served as a youth intern at the church I grew up in after my freshman year of college. Our church was without a youth pastor. They hired a youth director. I'm not even sure she was a Christian. Uh, most of the kids I was ministering to were not Christians. And I had, I had been a Christian about a year and a half. And I preached the gospel. And I, I just was on fire for God. And I saw kids awaken and alive to the gospel. And I received kudos from parents and anger and hatred from other parents. And uh, that, that's just one of the experiences you have sometimes when you are bringing the gospel into a place that uh, isn't quite sure what to make of the biblical gospel. But I'm so grateful for a church like ours that uh, strives to be gospel-centered and Christ-focused in our ministry. As I think about this passage, I think about just my history with evangelism and training uh, in my college years, I was trained in evangelism with Campus Crusade for Christ. It was a summer beach project that I met my wife, Stacy, and on that beach project, we were trained in sharing the gospel and using track evangelism and interesting outreach, outreaches on the beach that were fun and creative. And we had many, many, many encounters with beachgoers to trying to find people who wanted to hear what we had to say. It's, it's the simplest thing. That, that the gospel is a message brought, delivered, spoken, and people must hear it to receive it. As I think about those years, that not only that summer of outreach with Crusade, but just my time in college, how I, I probably had more witnessing opportunities in those four years of college than in any other 
decade since I followed the Lord. I just want to offer that to our young people to think about where God has placed you uh, in your middle school, in your high school, in your place of college and schooling, your workplace. There are opportunities all around you. And even some of the people who may not seem to have ears to hear, God is at work. And uh, I want to encourage you from this text uh, that we think about how God calls us to be his messengers. So I want to point out just uh, a couple points from this passage from Romans 10. We, we learn here that salvation requires a response. Uh, when, that the gift of salvation uh, requires a response from the hearers. And earlier in chapter 10, Paul says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, so there is a message, there is content, there is knowledge, there, there is conviction. And uh, it requires a response from those who hear uh, to confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. And in our opening text, verse 13, we are reminded that if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord, he'll be saved. A message consistent from Old and New Testament uh, that we are called to speak the name. And, uh, and it, it's interesting that you need to know his name. Uh, that the, the name of the Lord must be known, must be communicated, must be understood. So we're reminded not only does salvation require a response, salvation requires knowledge. As Paul goes into this series of questioning to unpack the, the, the process and the method of, of getting the gospel message across, he says, well, well who are they going to call on? Uh, because we can't just assume. We, we just can't just assume people know. Uh, we we live in a, a, a culture and a society where it is not just you can't just presume people know. Uh, some people think the name Jesus is a cuss word. Uh, we we learn that in our children's ministry through Bible school through CEF, kids have no idea, just no idea who Jesus is. I mean, Daniel, we mentioned Daniel in our VBS this week. Uh, many many kids nowadays are so biblically illiterate. Uh, have no idea who they are. And so, you know, we need to name the name. Uh, think about, you know, the, the prophets of Baal in the days of, of Elijah. I mean, they dance and slash themselves all around the altar, calling upon the name of their God. And Elijah had put the test before them, the God that answers with fire, he is God. And God answers when we call upon him, when uh, we speak his name. Um you know, uh, many of the, the children we minister to in our uh, children's ministries and, and the public school outreaches that we do as a church, um, these children don't know what to do with their anxieties. I've heard of in Asian culture, sometimes parents give their children worry dolls. And you're supposed to take your anxieties to your worry doll because they don't know. They don't know who the God is that truly can answer their prayers. Well, we know this name, and we are called to share the name of Jesus Christ, the one who answers and hears the prayers of people who call upon him, to whom we can bring anxieties and fears of, of life and this life to come. In Vietnam, people pray to their ancestors. People who follow Islam cry out to Allah. They respect Jesus, but don't acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Mormons claim to believe in Jesus, but as you look into their doctrines, the wrong Jesus. 
It's not the Jesus who made the world and everything in it and is the only uh, eternal son of the living God and savior of all mankind. And we find in Paul that his message here is consistent with what he preached at the Areopagus in Acts 17, where he goes before the men of Greece to correct their knowledge of God, seizing upon a statue, a, an idol to the unknown God. It's to this unknown God that we need to point people to and point out the knowledge of, of the real and eternal God. And of course, so salvation not only requires a response, it requires knowledge, it also requires messengers who will go. Uh, who, who will preach, who will bring the message of life to people whom God is giving ears to hear. You know, I, I can remember in my younger days thinking that, gosh, wouldn't it just be more, more efficient if God would just write it in the sky, just write the gospel in the sky and somehow write it in, in every language? What if, if God just put a summary of the gospel in every person's language, and, and somehow gave everybody the ability to read and understand that message. Wouldn't that be great? And everyone could be saved, and we'd be done with the task and move on. Well, it doesn't work that way. Because as I've understood human nature in our fallen ways, even if God were to do that, a few would respond with faith. There would be other explanations, other manipulations, other... Um, hoax theories <laughs> it would be it would be a never ending chaos uh, of unbelief um, but in fact, the mission that God has given to us requires a lot of work and it 's not always efficient and to be effective, it takes long, hard work in translation, sometimes learning language, crossing cultures, raising money, getting organized, uh, mobilizing people for the work. Uh, to, to be a messenger of the gospel requires courage. Talking to complete strangers, talking to your own family members, talking to your uh, fellow students, your friends, your neighbors. It requires sacrifice. It's time-consuming. Sometimes I think about my own ineptness in, in evangelism, it's, it's just busyness. That's why I love going on mission trips. I have nothing else to do. I'll go out and evangelize. But just in my everyday work here, sometimes I think, wow, how do I just set the time aside to be God's messenger, to be an evangelist? It requires sacrifice of our time, of our money, of giving up our, our, other, our other priorities. But we're reminded that this is the most important mission God has given us to do. To be his messengers, to be his ambassadors, to be his witnesses, to testify uh, to the greatness of who he is and the goodness and graciousness of his gospel message that is the only salvation that sinners have. And it's a glorious mission, as Paul writes here, quoting the Old Testament, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. Feet are not considered a beautiful part of the body, but the feet that are the messenger of one bringing good news is beautiful. And it brings hope and joy and encouragement when it's through the gospel message that people are saved. But notice how many times, at least five times in this passage, Paul uses the verbs of hearing, heard, to hear, just to emphasize this simple thing. God gave us ears. And, you know, one mouth, two ears get the message, speak less, listen more. But God calls us 
to speak into people's ears that they may hear. That we didn't get to do any long, long uh, travel, long trip, uh, gospel, uh, short-term mission trips this summer. I think back to my prior experiences in London, reaching South Asians, and some of the things you learn when you go into a a deeply South Asian culture like Northwest London is, you, you will walk for 10, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, and not meet a single Christian. Because you're in, in a milieu of people of Pakistani background and Indian background and Hindus and Sikhs and Muslims and even some of the Brits you encounter uh, are so agnostic and so far removed from the Church of England or the gospel message uh, that you, know, you, you, you realize that you're talking to people who not only have never heard the gospel, but have never met a Bible-believing Christian. And, and you're, you're kind of, maybe you're an annoyance to them, but for many people, you're a novelty. And it's such a novelty of why would someone come all this way? And, and, and it gives you an opportunity, an and, and open opportunity to communicate the, the message of life. And, you know, as you find many of these people, are some are religious, some are not so religious. Uh, many are athe- atheistic or agnostic. But that personal touch of going, of knocking, of introducing, of bringing a a personal message of hope from Jesus Christ, it gets people's attention. And when you go, you're simply looking for people in whom God is already at work to help further them along and hopefully introduce them to uh, the king of, of the universe. So lastly... We see in this passage that messengers have to be sent and that the messengers have to respond to the invitation to go. You know, we can take opportunities to go and to serve. Uh, Many of our young people have gone for a week, have gone for a summer. Uh, Some have taken uh, multi-months off during a gap year. Others of our young people have taken even a couple of years uh, to serve and to try out their calling, try out missions. And, of course, uh, several have gone long-term. And we want to encourage that. Uh, we want to be a church that mobilizes and equips our young people especially to consider a call uh, to missions. And, of course, to be sent and to be sent well requires going with those uh, who are committed to the same message and philosophy, partnering with sending organizations that are committed to the gospel, committed to integrity, committed to uh, a long-term effective ministry. And, of course, the young people we send are not going without support. They're going with our encouragement. They go with the support of our prayers. They go with our financial giving to sustain uh, their everyday needs. So God calls goers. God also calls senders. He calls people who may not be able to go because of age, health, other obligations, but who are called to provide encouragement, prayer, and financial resources for those who do have the opportunity, have the health uh, to go, to be a goer sent by uh, the senders. As we think about this gospel call, about uh, the call to take the word of life uh, to people who are perishing. I was thinking about how, um, you know, in our, in our digital, modern, social media age, we, we have more opportunities than ever 
uh, to reach people. We have the internet. We have uh, global communications, and, and many ministries have sent videos and messages to people across great distances, across language and cultural barriers, and those are good things. But it does not remove the obligation to go personally. And while some people will come to faith through a tract, through a Bible they find, through um, clicking on an online message, the vast majority of people come to faith in Christ in response to a personal invitation. And it takes people. It takes a personal, bold, humble witness to go to them to show them from person to person what it means to be in relationship with the one true and living God. And though we are in a world where people hunger for a community and there are people who hide out in social media communities, which I call it's just a veneer of community, people hunger for the one true community that only the church can provide. Only the people of God can find in real, local, in-person churches where people can gather to worship, fellowship, be discipled, and to be equipped to be goers and senders and be witnesses for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, however people come to faith, you know, when we, send, when we go out as messengers of the gospel, we are God's agents, we, we are going as his ambassadors to, ambassadors to help move people from ignorance to understanding, from resistance to embracing the God of all the earth, from unbelief to belief, from apathy to passion, from a child of the devil to a child of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are merely messengers. And it's God who transforms hearts and minds by his gospel, by his spirit, but we do need spokespeople, ambassadors, and willing agents to go to speak, to engage. As the Lord had asked Isaiah the prophet, who will go for us? And Isaiah answered, here I am, Lord, send me. And may God raise up more from our midst to be goers to those near and to those far away to make Christ known where he is not. To help people turn from worshiping false gods to the real and living God, to bring glory to God and to help usher many people from all the nations into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Father, what a privilege it is to be your messengers, to be entrusted with this message of life, this hope, preserved in mere jars of clay. May we be your witnesses. May we be goers and senders and communicators. And I pray that you would lead us to people who have ears to hear that may be drawn into a saving relationship with you, the only true God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we do pray. Amen. The Westminster Pulpit is courtesy of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 8 or 11 a.m. To learn more or have questions about the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus our Savior, contact us at westpca.com. Thank you, and may Christ be glorified through this ministry, the Westminster Pulpit.